Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast slash the DraftKings preview show as well. Hopefully, uh, you can take this in in two ways. We are doing this live on our YouTube channel. Not live. Of course, it's edited. Uh, or you might be listening in your car on our podcast feed. Uh, this is Solly here, joined by uh, Big Randy. It's great to be back, truly. I missed you guys. You were in the woods for a while. I was in the wilderness. Yeah, I went on some great hikes. Up the little hill there at Boyne, uh, Boyne Highlands up on the top of the ski hill every morning. Great T- way. TC is here as well. You hear his voice. You see him on camera. Morning, Diamond. Or uh, afternoon or wherever this is catching you. It is major championship week for the first time in over a year. PGA championship at TPC Harding Park. We were just at Harding Park last year. You know, it was a little colder than it's probably going to be this week. I know we were kind of, you know, focused on making our own content while we were there, but what'd you guys think of the golf course and how it relates to a PGA championship? First of all, that chill is no joke. Got right to the bone. Uh, I wanted to warn people about that this week, but hopefully they'll catch a little better weather. Of course, you you know you weren't able to script your outfit, or you d- you did script your outfit. You weren't able to really layer it as much because you were kind of forced into a certain outfit because it was so cold. Also, couldn't find any orange pants. Uh, the, the course is tremendous. Just a big proper ballpark. I love the trees. TC tons of cypress trees. They're out there. dying. They're dying. They're, They're very the mature. That's what, I know. That's what that's what old trees do. They die, unfortunately. But the you, cypresses die, so the next cypresses can live. Yeah. Well, you guys, you guys are involved in the the ultimate match of our tourists. So, I, I, you, fair to say, you're probably more in tune with the actual golf course and how it was playing. So, what do you what do you think? I loved it. I, I was blown away. I thought it was going to be kind of a nondescript bunch of long par fours. Not a whole lot going on in the greens, and it was the exact opposite of that. I thought it had a ton of variety. Obviously loved the trees, but the greens were really, really, really tricky and nuanced. And subtle. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think our match kind of did profile what I think the golf course favors in a a weird way. I think it is not – I don't know how well it's going to play for Bombers. I don't want to necessarily come out and say it's a Bombers paradise because there's not a ton of fairway bunkers. Usually a bomber's paradise you refer to when guys can hit it over bunkers that guys that can't bomb it, those bunkers are right in play for. So it's not that's not necessarily the case. However, there's not a lot to prevent guys from reaching for driver and absolutely wailing on it. From what I can tell, and I can't verify this, it looks like the fairways are narrower than when we played it, which when we were out there, I think they told us that that was going to happen. And it certainly looked wide. It looked too wide for a, a PGA championship or a major championship. So do I think it's going to be as that similar to Beth Page? No, but I think there's going to be very good reason to favor guys that hit it very far because there's not much there. It's not like TPC Southwind we saw last week, which has a ton of hazards and things that prevent guys from reaching for driver. And narrower corridors, taller trees. Oh, the trees are tall, but the corridors are still pretty wide. I think or, gonna, I'm saying at, yes, at uh, Southwind. At, Southwind. Yeah. At, at Harding Park, it's going to be pretty wide. And, you know, a golf course that has wide corridors that, you know, isn't necessarily tight tree line is somewhere like Torrey Pines that, you know, has favored Tiger Woods in the past. We can talk some about uh, how this course sets up for him. But 
Uh, it, it wouldn't surprise you to hear, I guess, based on that, that our friends over at datagolf.com consider Torrey Pines to be one of the best, if not the best course comparison. A course that we see regularly uh, on the PGA Tour, the best course comparison to Harding Park. That makes sense. And I'm really going to be curious how it shows on TV because I think I could see it being one of those courses that we had a great time there. And I think any courses, you know, it's it's nice while you're there and you get so much more. I could see this as a course though, that doesn't show that well. I think that's television. why I had low expectations yeah. going in because it, it looked really like I was watching the same hole over and over and over again. It looked a lot like a Torrey Pines yeah, on TV. Exactly. Cool trees, but you know, not a whole lot going on. But I, I, I thought there was so much more going on as far as the greens and everything than mm-hmm. a Torrey Pines. But and this may not matter that much to people on TV, but the course had a lot of soul. I thought, you yeah. know, it, I saw the words TPC in front of it and just thought it would be very cookie cutter <laughs> and like a, I don't know, resort style play. But it is like the local Muni. It's got a ton of history. It was designed in 1925. It was an eyesore on the community as of you know, in the, even into the late 20th century, and it was. Renovated in 2005, 7,200 yards is not may not sound that long, but for a par 70 in the Northwest Air, that's going to play plenty long. Are you are you leaning into this thing that San Francisco is in the Northwest? What, what would you there's say this, it is? I, mm. There's this whole debate going on of, about whether you know Andy and Brendan have been talking about it. Whether there's anything they were saying, Reno is in the Pacific Northwest. Oh, that's not no, true. that's not no. true. I don't think San Francisco is in the, in the. I wouldn't consider it Northwest. That's the it's just that's west, a, it's out west. That's a different kind of air than like Southern it's California. It's definitely though. a different kind of air. Yeah. yeah. So it's the ball's not going to carry. Like, there's like a bone chill. Yes. In there, and you're, like you're right there near the lake. The fog can come in off the, the ocean. The Carl. The Carl. Carl the fog. Shout out to Sandy Tatum as well, who who was the one that kind of spearheaded the whole uh, renovation resurgence of this place. Which it is vibrant. I mean, there's, I don't know how many rounds a year. I want to say like 60,000 rounds a year or something uh, was one of the big takeaways I had from when we were out there. And I would say probably 6,000 of those 60,000 rounds, somebody gets their car broken into. (laughs) Listen, yeah, there's a little (laughs) different side of TPC Harding Park that may not be the most glorious, but... uh, No, I mean, I think that's the whole city though, right? So... uh, TV scheduled this week, uh, ESPN Plus coverage on Thursday and Friday from 10 a.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern, uh, and then ESPN coverage from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. on Thursday and Friday, so primetime viewing for rounds one and two and through the weekend, of course. Saturday, ESPN Plus from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., ESPN from 1 to 4, CBS from 4 to 10, uh, and then Sunday, ESPN Plus from 10 to 12, ESPN from 12 to 3 p.m., and CBS from 3 to 9 p.m., so going to be some Evening golf on the East Coast, maybe is, some late nights. Is CBS producing the ESPN stuff? That's the way I understand it, yeah, similar to, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I've heard some things about the commercials that are coming up this week. I don't think it's going to be great. I have not verified that, but... Uh, listen, what, you know, nothing you can do about it. They've been, you know, this is like the first year of this new deal with ESPN CBS for the PGA championship. And they've promised wall to wall coverage. And I hope we get rewarded as viewers for that. I cannot confirm or deny what we're going to see. So, um, how much did the the golf course kind of have to do with what you guys have selected? We're going to go through some picks here, uh, here shortly, but you know, any other factors that kind of go into, uh, to how you guys came about and where you landed? I'd be lying if I said I got deep into how the course plays and how that affected my picks. I mean, Randy, what are you relying on then? I, height. I don't think you've, goes by I don't height. think you've been been watching much golf the last couple of weeks. Either. You know, this is Glory's first shot, and so that's what I'm relying on. Who who I think wants to go out there and really achieve some glory this week? 
you know, I'm looking for who, who might who who might it be a home game for? That's always, of course, very important as well. You know, in my mind, I think Tory maybe that's really interesting because I maybe subconsciously was kind of just thinking about it as that type of course. So just long and prodding and going to take some really good iron play. Of course, you got to putt well. But I, yeah, I, I could see the big hitters. They can get offline, but I think just as importantly, they can hit the recovery shot that, you know, that they'll have opportunities to recover. It's, it's not going to be too penalizing. So I think what happened at Bethpage last year was a long golf course that was thin and with thick rough. And I think a lot of people view, and we've talked about this, I know in the past, a lot of people view thick rough as being a neutralizer for bombers. But when golf courses are really narrow, even the short guys end up in the rough and they're trying to get on the greens with five irons and six irons. Whereas, you know, Brooks Kepka at Bethpage was hitting nine irons and wedges from the rough and able to hold the greens, whereas the guys from further back could not do it. So I, again, I'm just looking at flyovers on the website. I think we can see kind of a similar blueprint this week. I think it's not probably not a secret as to who my pick to win is going to be here coming up here. But before we get to that, why don't, why don't we do, we're going to have a little fun with uh, the Callaway portion of this show. We're going to do a little bet this week. There's no odds on it. All right. You get to choose between all of the Callaway staffers, all of them, anyone you want. And, and you don't have to put up any DraftKings points. We have this point system we're tracking all year long. Uh, if you're just listening to this on the podcast, go check out our DraftKings preview videos that we make every week uh, on our YouTube channel, the No Laying Up YouTube channel. So we're going to just choose a Callaway staffer, and if you get it right, low Callaway staffer, you get 50 bonus points to your DraftKings. How about that? Ooh, that's I'm feeling generous. A lot of pressure. Yeah. Who, again, no odds. You can go. You can. So there's a couple. Uh, actually, a couple different PGA pros that I wanted to give uh, some shout outs to Mike Outerson club professional from Milford, Ohio at the Hickory Woods Golf Course. Uh, Guys, can I say I grew up <laughs> 10 minutes from Milford and I've never heard of Hickory Woods Golf Course. Really? Uh, yeah. You were at the private country clubs. That's why. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, he's the head pro at the first regulation size golf course he ever played. Uh, that describes his game as Stenson-esque. So I don't know if, you, if that changes your guys' predictions or anything on that. Uh, his strength is his ball striking. And then Alex Knoll, club professional from Jim Thorpe, PA, uh, fun fact, he had no idea he was even remotely in the running to get in the event on points. Uh, he compares his his game to Xander, again, maybe within reason. <laughs> Extremely straight driver of the golf ball. And a fun fact, he has a Callaway super hybrid 17 degree in the bag this week. So I'm going to give a shout out to those guys. Who's your low Callaway staffer? I'm going to go with Mickelson. I had a feeling that was coming. Gosh. You know, I guess this is a free play. So uh, I don't have him in any of my other plays. I'm going to go with Leash. Okay damn near or no he won at Tory earlier this year so there we go that's a really good pick uh neil has gone with eric van royen which sneaky bit really? little pick there from neil dj has sent in xander shoffley and i am going to follow him with xander shoffley Sh- oh. shocking dj picks the favorite yeah, of, the, I, of the bunch i fell i fell right into that one as well i'm disappointed we didn't get to hear neil try to say uh, eric van royen's name I'm not even sure I did it right. So, and I kind of just doubled clutched. I was saying it. I was tempted to pick Mike Wallace. Who? Callaway. Staff. Oh, you got it right, Sorry. Mike Wallace. Um, I think he's going to so have a good week. I'm so used to chiming in with who yeah. whenever somebody yeah. says Matt Wallace. That, I thought I thought somebody was going to go with Matt Wallace. That's one of the few bets I've cashed thus far. What do we think of the cat this week? A lot of people are going to be intrigued by uh, Tiger. I'm potentially pre-bumping him. I I love that. <laughs> I, I don't. The cold air, he's not going to be able to activate anything. That's the only reason I agree, though. Otherwise, I'd say it's a good course fit for him. I mean, yes. It's a great course yes. fit yeah. for him. Yeah. I just don't think the 62-degree days with, you know, the sweaters. The sweaters are going to be crispy. We know that. Okay? For sure. We know that. But 
I'm not racing to get a get a bet in on the cat. And I feel like he, that's the one thing he's been very open and honest about is, you know, he just can't get those glutes activated. Yeah. When the, when the and that's why I'm I'm also out on Cantlay. Is Cantlay going to be able to get activated? Mm. That's a good question. He didn't play great in, in Memphis this past week either. So. So we're going to do our DraftKings picks, you know, based on the odds. But if you were to pick, regardless of odds, if somebody, you know, your life depended on it and you had to predict who is going to win this tournament, who is your pick? Which is different than who are you betting on? Because odds kind of change the way you can go a, a certain way on this. Will it help if I if I give out the uh, DJ's pick? Yeah, yeah, please. DJ has picked Bryson. Um, we're going to really? check in with okay. the boys. DJ and Neil uh, on the video portion. In the back half of this, they're gonna they have sent us their DraftKings picks. We're gonna play that on the back half. DJ's ride or die with Bryson. And I'm just gonna go ahead and say it again. I'm following him right with it too. I think wow. Bryson is going to win the tournament this week. Wow. Again, I think I watched those flyovers and I'm like, I see no reason not to hit driver there, 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 there. But and doesn't that suit the rib and and Brooks? As well, I would think so. Listen, I don't think it. I don't necessarily think he has that much of advantage over them. I just think he's going to be closer to the green than those guys on almost every on every single hole. Really, Brooks look. Brooks looked like he flipped the switch. It's it's game time for Brooks. Uh, I I'm I'm worried about him. You know who I'm going to go with though? Colin Morikawa. Mm, okay. You were talking about some hometown cooking. Hometown <laughs> elegant ball striker. Uh, in form. I'll, I'll go with him. Okay. TC. Oh, God. I'm all over the place. I'm going with the rib. Okay. Wow. I was worried that we weren't going to get the chat, Rory, today. I wasn't sure if anyone had uh, was going to... Did, did Are you also... I guess I won't spoil your picks later, but I, I'm curious if you're going to put your money where your mouth is with that one as well. Can, we, the, can the rib close? Many, many people don't know. Can he close? He's been hibernating for a while. I didn't see one shot of him from this past week. I didn't get to watch the first couple of days, but I honestly forgot he was playing Memphis. I think he'll be just fine. <laughs> We also love to do this thing for majors. If you're new to listening to this show, you have to, it has to be within reason. All right. I would say, you know, a top 10 ish player in the world, 15 ish or top guys on the odd sheets. One of those guys, you have to pick a guy that is very much in the conversation to win as your pick to not win the tournament. It's the DJ Pi Memorial. First time we did this, he picked Patrick Reed to not win the Masters, and of course Patrick Reed won the Masters. I, I got like six guys I could pick. I, <laughs> gonna, I love that. This. Would be some balls. Let's I, see it. I, well, Ricky, of course, is my first and foremost. DJ is not going to win. I don't think Rory can close. Rory, not, I'm picking him not to win. He's got to show me he can. Rom's not going to win. Adam Scott, too long a layoff. He's not going to win. <laughs> I that's what is that five Adam Scott's like 70 to one to win this thing well he's a top 10 player I know and throw in Patrick Reed he's definitely not going to win <laughs> right Brady's just why don't you put your money move. where your mouth is and pick and pick Ricky not to win he did oh you did you did. said Ricky Ricky's my you, you can go ahead and <laughs> your yeah. foundational pick. Yeah. yeah you can you can you can count on that one TC. I feel like that, that, that doesn't even count though. yeah that doesn't so even I'm get you some other ones that didn't even get you going. God, I might pick the rib for this one too, man. <laughs> That's that. I like. I like that. I'm going to go Bryson. Wow. DJ has gone with uh, Tony Finau. What do we think about that pick? I think is, that, is that within the vein of the game? I think it's so. Just on okay. the edge. I mean, Finau is what? Finau is. It's a, it's a very safe. Finau is 45 to one. I think anybody under 50 to one is is in play here. It's it's very safe. Mm. A little too safe, I think. Yeah, that might have changed the way I would have I would have answered it. My pick to not win: Webb Simpson. Don't think it's a great golf course fit. He's a top five player in the world. I don't want to see you shaking your head like that. That one definitely qualifies. Neil's pick to not win: Bryson. 
You're going to hear that later on in the show. Neil and I are riding together. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are seeing there, but. I think he's a lunatic. Well, we know that. I think it's contributing to some good golf. I think he's going to be triggered with the local politics in San Francisco, and, and it's just not its not his cup of tea out there. That's interesting. He's a Fresno guy. Valley. Valley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see a lot of drivers, and uh, I'm, 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 we're going to, again, we'll get to the picks. Are we ready to get into our, our official picks? Yes. Yeah. I, can't, okay. I can't wait, Jones baby. In. Who wants to go first? Randy, go first. Lead us <laughs> off. Why don't you address last week, first of all? Yeah. First of all, I was up in the woods. Just totally spaced. Did not mean to try to sneak an extra bet in. I saw those nationality plays. I got really jolly. I just kept I just kept putting them in. So I, I deeply, deeply apologize for that. I guess I didn't even bet my full 100 points, which... And now you're trying to claw it back. Well, I still think, you know... What do you? Where's your? What is your stance on this? A, a point not. Yeah. A point not bet is a point. No. Earned. I mean that's a point in my pocket. No. Then I sometimes I would just if I didn't like the board this week I would bet ten points yeah, and I'd I just think keep that's it. Savvy though. Yeah. Uh, well, the point is to bet a hundred each week, but uh, I, I won't fight you there. He's a uh, habitual line stepper. My my Kent State Golden Flash Corey Connors out came through with a big top <laughs> Canadian win and uh, guys I've been hot on my matchup so I felt good I feel good about where I am headed into this week. I haven't played any parlays yet, so let's just get the big play out of the way. 50 points, half half the points. We're doing a matchup parlay. Phil over Joaquin. Don't tell me I'm hurt, dog. Uh, that's minus 125, parlayed with Colin Morikawa over Hideki. That's also minus 125, bringing the total odds for that play to plus 224. That's a putting matchup. Just a dream putting matchup, exactly. watching those two go head-to-head. Yep, and then I have Phil... In the top 20 after round one, I love the form. When's the last time he's gone bogey-free in the final round of a tournament? I, I was really impressed with how he finished in Memphis. I got 15 points on that at plus 400. I think that's good value. I have 10 points on Mr. Matt Fitzpatrick to miss the cut, mm. plus 225. Mm. I don't trust him out west. I don't trust him on the POA. Uh, that's a ballsy play. I feel like he doesn't It's weird in person. Cuts. Yeah, not a good track record at Pebble. I just mm, I just don't think he agrees with the Bay Area. Love those 72nd hole props. I'm going winner to not par the 72nd hole, and that's plus 130. I'm putting 15 points on that. Uh, give me a birdie. Give me a bogey. Give me anything but par. And then my final one, I don't like to do this, but he is in form, and I think it's a serious possibility this week. I'm putting 10 points on Jason Day to win at plus 4,500. Mm-hmm. Hmm. TC, your reaction? He's in form. Totally in form. Are you worried about, I mean, another guy? He might not get activated. Exactly. He's And he's played, this is his third week in a row playing? I feel Mm. like he's played all the golf since the restart. He's playing well, though. It's a flyer. It's That's scary. Good- yeah, 45, you know, plus 4,500. I feel like it's, uh, I'll throw 10 points on him. Former world number one. I don't need to tell you guys. TC, I don't know if we have enough time in in the show remaining for whatever you've got cooked up. Yeah, um, can you walk us through whatever the hell happened last week? Well, you know what, I we had a good week last week. The results didn't tell that story, but uh, Sungjae really boned us at the end there. Doubled two of his last four holes. Uh, you and me both, brother. I needed him for top Asian. Mav- <laughs> That's not even a nationality. How's it, that is a- on dra- it is on DraftKings. Yeah, that, that, it is on DraftKings. It's a continent play. <laughs> Mav didn't get it done last night. We had. Gosh, ruffles, you know, I, it, it could have been a banner week for TC, but we're on to Cincinnati. I'm going the you rib. You somehow clawed some money out of your Heinz 57 bet. Yeah, we're not going to try to like calculate $26 it. $26 out of that. I, we verified it. He got it. Is that like, audited? 
Yeah. It's no, no good I mean, enough. I still lost money, but yeah. I only lost like $53 instead of 79 okay. 80 or whatever. We're going to go with five-unit play on the rib, top five plus 400. We're going to go with Rom, top five plus 400. Finau, top five plus 900. And, and then a 5.2-unit play on Adam Scott, top 10 at plus 700. I think he's a sleeping giant right now. God, you just named like all the guys I picked not to win. <laughs> in the top well, five. I'd also like to say that I, you know, JT. I want to say this was like th- four weeks ago, maybe. I said JT's a sleeping giant. He's on the verge of something. You're welcome, guys. You know, I'll be here all week. Uh, and then Bold. we're going back. We're gonna do the Mega Blaster again. We're, we're doing a Heinz. We're doing a bottle. Heinz 57. We're doing Burger over Simpson. Morikawa over Hideki, Finau over Honest Abe, Poston over Todd, Joaquin over Phil, and Sungjae over Scotty. As much as that pains me to do, again, I want redemption. I think I think Sungjae. Scotty Scheffler, you mean? Scotty Scheffler. We're betting. This is one wager with fifty-seven bets included in it. One point four units on each of those bets. I don't even, I literally, if you ask me to describe what TC just did, I don't know what he just did. It's this whole part of a big scheme to confuse us all. And it's 79, 79.8 units wagered for 875 unit payout. We're just, he's kind of running this scheme. And then like in week three, he's going to be like, oh guys, I hit all of them. I won 28,000 DraftKings They're points. all there. They're, everything, everything's on the screen, folks. Like just... It's a deal it's with a, it. It's a big deception. Pattern. And I'm pissed because Corn Ferry odds aren't out yet. Uh, I thought about throwing some money on Alex Albon. I think Alex Al- Albon's going to get a podium this week. <laughs> Fluffer Albon. No way. <laughs> he can't qualify. He was so fast all week. All right. Uh, I am putting my money where my mouth is for my pick to win. If my life depended on it, Bryson, 50 units wow. at plus 1,500. I decided a long time ago that he was going to win this golf tournament. I am also very intrigued by the way Xander Shoffley is playing golf. Sure. I think this is a great golf course fit for him. I'm going 30 on him at plus 1,800. Bit of a long shot. Someone that's fallen down the board, guy that hits it long, has won a couple major championships. Granted, they're only they're both at the same course. Not a guy we like to root for, but plus 12,500. Bubba Watson. 10 units. He made a nice oh. little run there on Sunday, threw up a bunch of birdies. He's working with a life Southland. coach now, too. He's the, I didn't know that. Now I, I wish I would have put even more points Claude on Claude Harmon, him. life coach. He said he's not his swing coach, he's his life coach. Never had a lesson before. <laughs> <laughs> never had a lesson is the, is the uh, I don't touch a club when I'm home. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Got a weird fall. That plus 12,500, that's way too far for Bubba Watson to fall. Then I'm going to do a throw a couple nuggets on a couple straight forecasts. Basically, I'm boxing JT and Bryson straight forecast. So we got a JT Bryson and we got a Bryson JT. Each of those five units at uh, plus twelve thousand five hundred. That's so. the good stuff. Love the straight forecast. They're they're not. I, they can't be good bets. But <laughs> one of these times, one of these is going to hit. So a little bit disappointed. Nobody mentioned Chez for like a top twenty bet. You know. I mean, Neil's been riding that hot hand with Chez. And, uh, well, on that note, why don't we throw it out? The boys aren't here, but they have sent in their picks. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast and the audio is less than perfect, you know, you can blame the Neil and DJ for that. Mostly DJ for that one. Neil's is fine. But let's throw it to Neil first and then uh, over to DJ. The Short Hill Sharp is back, baby. Rocking his Skyline shirt in honor of the three-way special that I put on y'all last week. Almost had a four-way. Add the onions. 
uh, if the JT Xander bet hits. But I cashed on the parlay, the matchup parlay, cashed on Chez, and cashed on... Uh, God, I don't even know. How does he do it? I don't even know what I cashed on. But I cashed the kid. You got a new leader, baby. New leader. Taking it to San Francisco to the home track, Harding Park. Played so many rounds out there. Feel really good about my bets this week. So let's kick it off here. We're going Xander Shoffley, top five, plus 450. We like that. I'm going to put 20 nuggets on that. Got to stick with them. Chez Reevy, top 20, plus 350. We like those odds. I'm going to put 20 nuggets on that as well. Winner to birdie the 72nd hole. Tough 18th out there at Harding Park, but I think someone's going to stuff the pinata and go ahead and run one in to win it. Um, let's put 20 nuggets on that. Why not? You know, it's house money right now. Uh, the odds there, plus 800. Um, and then, listen, you know, a, a Bay Area guy, Max Homa, why not? Huh? Top 10. Max, plus 1,100 to top 10. So we're going to put 20 nuggets on that. Now, Regardless of odds, but I'm also going to bet on him with my last 20 nuggets. I think Rory's going to win this week. You know, won the match play here back in, I don't know, what, 2016, 2017, uh, 2015? I don't know when the match play was there. But I was there, and he balled out. Rory loves this track. I think he's uh, plus 1,500 are the odds, so 20 nuggets on that. So Rory's my pick this week, and uh, who's not going to win? Well, you know, Bryson DeChambeau is definitely not winning this week. You heard it here first. The czar is hot. The short hill's sharp. No longer the far hills, fuckboy. That's it, folks. We're out of here. Guys, family vacation this week, so I'll be brief. Uh, was I a little spooked by what we saw by Bryson last week? Yes, I was, but I'm already kind of pot committed, saying that I think maybe future, you know, change the future of golf. So I feel like I do need to pick him to win on this golf course to back that up. Uh, so we got that going. We're gonna do a straight forecast, Bryson and JT uh, to finish one, two. Obviously good stuff from JT last week. Uh, after that, I think Xander finishing in the top 10 is probably a no brainer. He's been playing quietly really well. We're gonna be following what Max does anyway, so we might as well throw uh, 20 on him to finish in the top 20. And then we're gonna have a parlay to finish things out. Uh, Tony Finau over Honest Abe. Pains me to do that for multiple reasons, but I think that, that one feels pretty good. Uh, we're also going to go Brooks over Tiger. Pains me to do that, but that feels pretty good as well after we, what we saw from Brooks last week. Uh, we're going to go Tommy Fleetwood over Dustin. Who the fuck knows what we're going to get from Dustin Johnson this week uh, after a couple of rounds in the 80s and a WD. Uh, and then we're going to go Paul Casey over Ian Poulter. Paul Casey always kind of, you know, he, he's a, a good pick to kind of be one of those top 20, but never really totally relevant guys in a major. Uh, and that's how we're going to round it out. I mean, thrilled that there's a major this week. I'm thrilled to have some mega important golf to watch. And uh, if you excuse me, you know, we're going to go get ready for that now. Any other final shouts before we, uh, we're going to throw it here. If you're listening uh, on the podcast, Curtis Strange interview is coming up shortly. If you're watching on YouTube, head over to the podcast feed and uh, check out the back half of this episode, which includes an interview with Curtis Strange. He'll be on the call this week. So I'll ask got? you guys. Sure. Low club pro. Mm, I got to go back to my uh, to my cheat sheet here. I'm going. I'm going with the guy with the super hybrid. The super hybrid. Alex Knoll is my low my low club pro. Who I'm, you got? I'm taking Mark from Milford. I'm it taking was Mike. Mike. His friends call him Mark. I'm taking Marty Jertson. Marty Jertson. You're not. Is Omar resting on the field this year? He's not. I feel oh, like no. Marty haunts these exactly. PGAs, doesn't he? Yeah. I don't even know how he's considered a club pro. I think he's like a. I think he's an equipment rep. Mm. 
This week, uh, programming note for us, we are going to be doing live shows as coverage wraps each night. Uh, we're going to take that audio. A lot of people have been asking us to take the audio and uh, throw that up on our podcast feed. We're going to do that uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, we'll figure with the West Coast start because people will have an opportunity to catch up on stuff in the morning and whatnot. Um, so, Randy, we got to, you know, I know you got you, your favorite golf place to watch golf is from the beach, but, you know, it's going to be nighttime. So, you're going to have to probably, probably watch some golf. If there's a full moon, though, the beach might be active. That's I, true. I got to check the lunar calendar. <laughs> you know what, the, like, the biggest insult is? There's a club pro on here, Rob LeBritz, plus 5,000. And he has better odds than Jim Herman. Oh, God. Sean McKeel, Ken Tanigawa, the senior tour menace. Mm. Uh, that's just disrespectful. They do throw in a couple at the end. They're like, you especially, you especially get the lowest odds, yeah. which I love that. So uh, special thanks to, of course, the DraftKings Sportsbook. If you are looking to get involved with the DraftKings Sportsbook, listen, we've talked about this uh, every chance we get. They brought their expertise to legal sports betting, the DK Sportsbook, legitimate book here based right here in the U.S. Rest assured, your funds are totally secure. TC could have sent Freddie to college with how much money he's invested in some of these janky websites. It's the top-rated sportsbook app, safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Uh, they got some NBA promotions coming up this week of August 3rd. Uh, and for golf, you get a 30% profit boost for every round. For If you place a, a pre-round single market bet, if it hits, your odds are boosted by 30%. That's free money. We didn't tell you that. Going so that's into it. one. That's like betting on one yeah, round. We're not giving you that opportunity to go figure all that I out. I try to find all this value. Yeah, you missed it. That's on cushions. you. That's on you. Uh, it's offered on a per day basis. Users are eligible to take advantage of this offer once per round. And again, new users get a sign up bonus up to $1,000. If you head to the app right now, check out what they have to offer. Player props, live betting, so much more. If it's if the sports book is not available in your state yet, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app. They're offering a shot at, at a share of over $1 million every day this week. So download the top-rated sportsbook, uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code NLU when you sign up for a limited time. All new users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Randy, how much was that? $1,000. That is right. DraftKings Sportsbook sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Enter code NLU when you sign up. Only the DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. With that, we are going to turn it over here to Curtis Strange on the podcast feed. Gentlemen, thank you so much. And let's enjoy Major Championship Golf. It's time. I'm enjoying major championship golf and uh, uh, Faroe Islands soccer. I've been looking into the wagering on that stuff. Faroe too. Islands. That yeah. did not know they had pro soccer. That's yeah. the coolest place I've ever been. By the yeah. Way. So yeah, I'm gonna try to get Glory's first shot to stick. <laughs> I like that. Let's roll with that. Okay. That wraps up the preview for Glory's first shot. Now here's Curtis Strange. So you're you're in a golf mood. You say you're ready to roll. Well, I've been sitting around fishing a lot here, not going out at all for obvious reasons. And, uh, so now I get to call some golf and, uh, we've all been waiting for it. CBS has had this long stretch and I think what's PGA the 10th or 11th week. And since I'm not walking reporter for another network anymore, <laughs> I, uh, this is the first golf I get to call and I'm looking forward to it very much. Was this always the plan I get for you to be working uh, with CBS and, and, and ESPN this week, uh, even before the, the Fox US Open and USGA deal went away? Yeah, I still I still did work for ESPN, uh, the Masters, and now the PGA. 
uh, all along. Fox allowed me to that, or I should say ESPN allowed me to work Fox. And then I worked the three events for Fox, which was a great, it was fantastic for me, but I don't know if it's because two cable networks versus two networks, major networks. I don't know how all the politics happened between all that, but the ESPN allowed me to go negotiate with Fox when we lost the open championship. Uh, well, that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, what's it going to be like calling golf from home? I mean, how are, are you able to, to lock the door completely? And what's the test setup been like for that process? You know, Chris, it's really going to be interesting. Uh, they set up my little home uh, studio last week, and it's it's quite simple, but it, it works. I have, I'm going to have my computer and my iPad to the side for information and leaderboard and uh, research and that type of thing. But I have a I have a little laptop here on my desk, which will be programmed. It'll be what I'm calling golf uh, off of. And I have set up a little tripod, which is basically a an iPad camera. And I have a light, and I have my box for all my voice back and producer and whatever mix. And so it's, it's quite simple. And, you know, I, I will say this. I've listened to not a lot of golf over the last eight or nine weeks with CBS, but I've listened to enough where I can't tell the difference, honestly, with Nick Faldo, Ian Baker Finch, and Frank Noblo being not in studio at the site, but in Orlando calling remotely. I don't think they've missed a beat. And there might be a little little bit of Jim Nance not being able to nudge Nick when he wants to break in or Nick nudging Jim Nance not wanting to break, you know, want to break in that type of thing. But they have been just as smooth as silk. And, and I hope this is the same way, but I'm sure it'll be a, a little bit of getting used to. Yeah. That's why I was just, I was going to ask if you thought there was any, and you may have better insight to it after the week's over, but if you thought this was kind of the future of golf broadcasting you know, for cost cutting measures and whatnot, is it possible to do this remotely? You know, I think uh, a couple of interesting ideas or conversations I've had. I, you know, my twin brother is in business. And so he hasn't gone in the office in what, four or five months. And he says for a while he enjoyed it because they actually got a lot of work done being at home. But now, after some months, he misses not going to the office because that's where you socialize with your colleagues. You, interact with different new ideas, what will work, what might not, which won't really happen when you're remotely working from home. So I think from that standpoint, part of the big reason I love doing TV is the team in the atmosphere, in the compound, talking ideas, helping each other out, and just being part of the team. It's it's a wonderful atmosphere. And then finally, at the end of the day, hopefully putting on a product that everybody is really proud of. We can do somewhat the same thing, but it's remotely, so you don't get all that interaction socially like you would before. So that's going to be the big difference. We'll see how it goes, but it's certainly going to be, it'll be less of a team atmosphere than it was before. Yeah, and the coverage is extensive. I just got done reading the the press release, and I I couldn't even keep track of how many how yeah. many hours where it's going to be. It's it looks it looks very extensive. But I wanted to kind of get, we're we're, we're going to pick your brain here on uh, the current setup and uh, the favorites and what you like and whatnot. But as a player, it, I, well, I guess. I feel like the PGA Championship is kind of going through a bit of an identity change just with the different spots on the calendar. I think as a golf fan, at least, I kind of just view it a little differently. And I feel like I'm even more confused about what its identity is. But 
let's go back to you as a player competing in the PGA Championship. How did you view like what this championship meant, and and has that changed at all over the years since you're since you're no longer playing? You know, it has changed for two or three different reasons. When I was playing, I played well in the PGA Championship. I think only twice. I had a chance to win one, and I think it was eighty nine. And I hate to say this because as much respect as I have for the PGA of America and and what they do for the Ryder Cup and the PGA professionals around the country. But when I got to August, I was tired in playing. And I think that's part of the reason I didn't play well in the PGA. I was beat up from the previous six months and had played a lot of golf. And, you know, I just didn't play as well. That's my excuse. Is it reality? I really don't know. But I went in there ready to go. I like the golf courses. It's always hot as hell everywhere, but that's okay. You know, I'm a Southern boy. I just didn't play as well as I would have liked in the PGA. In high regard, one of the four majors. Are you kidding me? And then as I got older and I didn't play in the PGA anymore, I realized how much of a dummy I was with not kicking myself in the rear and not getting more fired up over it. Then we transformed to a early in the year date. And I think it was a home run for the PGA. It got him out of the fourth major of the year headline. It got him out of, uh, you know, maybe they didn't have all the players, although they had a wonderful field, I think, every year. But whatever the case was, now they're, I think, in the forefront of the golf calendar. And I think it elevates them. I really do. It doesn't de-elevate anybody else. It just elevates the PGA to an early date. Everybody's looking forward to golf, and, and let's get on with it. Yeah, it, it's. I guess I asked that too because I always felt like the PGA was so sneaky exciting. And, you know, when it was in the last one of the year, and it was just a lot of birdies. And I, I felt like last year was just an unusual and kind of weird setup, and that it was one of the most distance heavily favored setups I think we've we've seen. And it, it reminded me a little more of a U.S. Open with you know a long golf course with narrow fairways and thick rough. One, I've heard you say on this podcast how much you like that setup for a, for a U.S. Open, but it felt more U.S. Open-like, and I was wondering if you kind of thought that's the way things were trending or if you think they might try to get away from some of that. I'm not sure if you have any insight on what the course setup's going to look like, but uh, if you thought Harding Park was going to maybe be different than Bethpage Black was. Well, I think uh, it, it it's such a different golf course. Harding Park is not a long golf course, and they do have a lot of roof out there, and they do have quite a few trees that will overhang that will be a be problematic if you stray a little bit but with that said every golf tournament that travels meaning the u.s open the pga or the open championship being majors unlike the masters and augusta you know every year is different because it's a different golf course and therefore it has to be somewhat of a different setup now beth page on the easiest day is one of the toughest golf courses on the planet let's get on with that but i think i think uh, harding park is kind of a plain vanilla type of golf course it's a wonderful golf course to be in a municipal golf course in san francisco but it's kind of plain vanilla but when they set it up for pga championship it'll be a hell of a test and it should be it's just gonna be so much different than a big beast like beth page now in my lifetime the pga has gone through transitions just like the usga has with different people setting up the golf course before carrie Hag, the pga and this is way before your time the PGA used to be a really tough test of golf. And then Kerry came in and I don't know, it just, it just became more playable, more exciting, a lot of birdies and a fair setup. And the, and the players love the PGA now and the way it's set up. 
whereas the U.S. Open's gone to a transition to a number of times over the years. Everything is different and moves on and changes, and that's what these players have to do every week, much less over a course of a career is adapt. They have to adapt, you know, this week with possibly some cool, damp weather. I don't think it's any big deal at all, but it could be to somebody like a Tiger Woods with a bad back. So I, I promise this is, uh, this is not a leading question in any way, but how much is Bryson, how many strokes is Bryson going to win by? <laughs> <laughs> I think he is a more of a factor at Augusta. Okay. Um, why is that? Well, I just think length is so important at Augusta. Augusta National is a second-shot golf course. And if I can drive it 30 yards by, say, everybody in the field, that's not the case. But if I can buy, drive it longer than most people in the field, that makes my second shots so much easier than the majority of the field. Therefore, I have a hell of an advantage. And it just seems to set up. Well, and plus he drives it pretty doggone straight for this length that he's put on. I admire the hell out of him because he's done something that nobody else has really done. Sure, there's been big hitters and DJ and, 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 and the like, but he has manufactured length. He's put on muscle. He's put on weight. That's very important because of the mass transfer. And he hits it bloody as hard as he can every time. But anyway, it's going to be interesting with Harding Park. Can the big hitter overpower the golf course and beat everybody else? It certainly brings in the guy who's not as long can certainly play well at Harding Park and win there. That's what I hope to be the case because that's kind of the the line of questioning I have here is it felt like Beth Page was like, all right, it's had steered almost too far in the direction of this is about the bombers, right? If, that's all it was. Yeah. If, be- can another guy actually beat the bombers? I He has to be so spot on i hate that he has to be so good he has to drive it in every fairway he has to iron it really good he has to chip it and putt it better than anybody else and then he has to be meaner than a snake to be able to do all that because that's a tough way to play he can do it but it's so he has to be so so good that week and i'm just i mess around on this website called data golf and they do these course fit tools these profiles of golf courses and they compare wow. golf wow. they you, compare golf courses oh i'm a nerd Listen. i need to teach but, you how to fish or something other than this stuff <laughs> <laughs> this is my job. Not all of us are Hall of Famers here, right? So what it does is it compares golf courses, the skills required for different golf courses, to other similar golf courses. And Harding's profile that's it's most similar to is Torrey Pine South, which is just it does tend to favor driving distance. And again, it's I I said this like way back in the beginning of this year. It's like I, the one thing I kind of hope for this year is a different setup for the PGA because it it almost seems like they're going more towards the U.S. Open route and U.S. Open's going away from their route and uh and yeah i just don't want to see i don't want to see it be the same thing where guys are bombing it down there i mean everyone's going to miss fairways when they're as narrow as they were at beth page and the bombers have that much more of an advantage because they can hold greens with nine irons and wedges out of rough that guys with six irons can't so so yeah any insight any any digging you can do on the course setup if you can get in carrie's ear at all to kind of lighten things up a little bit i think we could have an exciting championship yeah, that it, that's really interesting to me that it, it, it relates like a, a Torrey Pond South because I don't remember it being that long 
and really that difficult, but maybe it is. You know, I, I haven't played it in a tournament, so that's when I really find out about a golf tournament. It's when I, when I go play basically six rounds, four rounds of competitive play, and you really learn the golf course in one week. Uh, doing TV, not so much. Don't tell my boss I said that. But anyway, uh, you know, we'll see because uh, there's no substitution for strength, and that relates to length off the tee. If Bryson or Dustin Johnson or any other bomber, Justin Thomas, if they can drive it in the fairway all the time with their length, they're supposed to beat me and everybody else in the field. But the longer you go, the harder it is. The longer you drive it, the harder it is to hit fairways. Therefore, you're going to be playing out of the rough. Now, can they be disciplined enough to back off a little bit when they don't particularly feel the swing right on that particular day? They don't seem to do that. They seem to continue to bomb it and take their chances. When you swing that fast and that hard at the golf ball, your timing really better be spot on that particular day. and it's not every day. It's not. But they continue to bomb it. And they continue to, you know, just play play the rough. And if they grow a lot of rough, which they do have at Harding Park, then we'll see some struggle. And that's what I want to see. If you don't put it in the fairway, you're supposed to struggle. Do you have you seen anything else in golf since you know since golf has, has started back up that you know any trends or any guys going in different directions certain directions that you think have changed the way you may you know project their output for this week any any guys you like especially based on what you've seen the last few uh, few months yeah i've been a little surprised at dustin johnson's play uh and i hey i understand better than anybody that it's a hard game and you can't play well all the time maybe the kids are sick at home. Maybe the pipes burst, water burst at home. You know, there's so many things that can put you in a foul mood when you're on the road for three weeks by yourself, that kind of thing. So I don't know why I didn't play well. I'm excited to see Morikawa, Hovland, and Wolf. They're exciting. They have their own personality. They're good kids, and they're going to be around for a long time. I, I really like that golf. You know, we were saying that a couple, three or four years ago, golf is in good hands with Spieth and Thomas and DJ was a little older, but and some of the other young kids. Now that it, it continues to that way with these three young kids, all, I think, the same age, all came out at the same time. They're going to be around a long time. If I had to pick one over the other for the career, wow. Morikawa has been very, very consistent early in his career so far, but Wolf has the dramatics in him. so. We'll have to let that play out. But that's really about it. I'm just glad that we're playing golf. It's a little bit different because of the lack of fans. I don't think the players, once they got used to it after the week or two, I don't think it affects them at all. It has affected me watching TV a little bit because you subconsciously, you expect the roar or you expect the moan and you're not getting it in the background noise. And it also, I think, affects, as as we just said on our conference call on ESPN that I think it affects the announcer as well. When there's a huge roar, when somebody makes it 17 to take a one shot lead, it's a huge roar. Your voice goes with the emotion and it should be. Let me tell you the analyst and the whole announcers and the on course, you get fired up just like the players, you get fired up and you got to be ready for that moment to perform. And so you get, you get on point. I think it affects them as well. I will say this, uh, 
the one time I remember being really on point and really, really wanting to do a good job was last year at Pebble on Sunday on course with Gary Woodland and Kepka was up ahead of him birdieing three out of the first four. And I said to myself, okay, you, you sorry sack of doo-doo. Let's do a good job today. Let's concentrate. Less is more. The whole thing. I mean, it's just like a player. You're out there. And uh, I think we did a good job. But from a TV standpoint, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a competitive atmosphere. You want to do a good job. Yeah, that's I think, you know, players have gotten used to this no fans thing for, you know, a couple of weeks and it doesn't materially affect the viewer experience at home, I think, but I think for a major this is different. For a major, you know, if for at least for most tour players, there aren't a ton of guys out watching you for the majority of them, you know, they kind of tend to congregate in certain areas, but for a major there it is unavoidable, the crowds and just the presence and that feeling and I don't know whose advantage that plays to in any way. I mean, some would say, you know, the the bigger names don't have to deal with the big crowds around them and whatnot, but it is going to be to- a totally different feeling of somebody, you know, I, I think back to Bell Reeve and Tiger making those all those putts on the front nine in 2018 and how loud that crowd was. And if we get something like that with no crowd noise, I... I get where people are coming from that it has doesn't really have, you know doesn't make that big of a difference to the viewer, but I really do think it's going to be different this week. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head. The weekend when you're going up against a Tiger Woods or somebody world class player, you just listen to the crowd to see what's going on when you're not playing with him, and and it doesn't happen now. And that's what I'm saying. You know, from a viewer standpoint, sitting at home, they sense the same thing. There's different scenarios we could talk about that the crowd will will could help a player or detract from player but uh, that's this is the new norm and and I hopefully it's not a norm but this is what we're living in now and I'm just glad they're all playing players are pretty safe we've had a couple of cases but not too bad not like some of these other sports and so so far so good hopefully it continues throughout the year what do you remember about 1989, that PGA Championship? I was just uh, pulling up that Wikipedia page, and that's the year Payne Stewart <laughs> came. Uh, <laughs> you must remember something, then. I'll stop the question right there. Uh, you know what? It was I was Kemper Lakes was a really, really hard golf course for all of us because nobody bombed it. It was a long golf course. It was a, always a little breezy. It was just hard. A lot of rough. And I got playing well, and I was hitting a lot of, you know, I hate to say this, but we made our living on these long golf courses with three, four, five, and six irons. And so I just remember that week hitting so many good long irons and not just making par, but having opportunities. But anyway, I come to the last nine holes. I'm thinking, well, if I shoot two or three under, I might get a chance. But Mike Reed had a quite a nice lead. And then Payne Stewart started to make a birdie or two. And then it got relatively close, two or three shot lead. And then Mike Reed made double or triple on 17. And so now I'm playing up in front of them. And I think I'm one group ahead. But anyway, I drove it. Last hole was really a tough drive against water. And I drove it really well. And I got a seven iron in my hand. And I'm thinking, if I make birdie, I could get a part of a playoff. This is where I made my living with this seven iron. And I don't want to be overconfident or cocky at this point, but I was licking my chops and I hit it a little fat. And I don't think I've ever done that before or since it came up short in the rough and I got him down for par, but I'm supposed to have a six footer here 
for a playoff in the PGA, and I mishit it. And I just was so, – I wasn't mad. I was so disappointed after the round, especially especially when I lost by one. Well, it's it's weird how that works because you were coming off – you had won 88 and 89 U.S. Opens, obviously. So it wasn't like you were – I guess – is that a question? Did you succumb to the pressure in that moment when you've passed that test in the past? And I, I'm, I'm just curious how that works, too, in relation to – Someone we view someone like Spieth, right, who has won three majors, and we wonder now if he has what it takes to compete in majors anymore. After you've already passed that test, and you're you know you're continually trying to pass it, uh, I'm just wondering if you could kind of share a perspective on what that's like. Is it different to compete in majors once you've already won them? I guess is the question. Yeah, I have to correct you on what you just said. People are saying that does Spieth have it anymore? He always has it. He's proven it. He has the intestinal fortitude and the wherewithal mentally and physically to win. Okay. He's just not playing as well. And I think that's probably what you meant, but does he have a big enough wheelbarrow to win a major? Yes, he does. To answer your other question, you know, you got to be so precise to win a over four days of a major championship. You know, the pressure is amplified. Every bad shot is magnified and, did I succumb to the pressure there on the last hole? You know, I don't know or not, but I, I do remember that the tee shot was the hardest shot on the hole, and I hit a good one. And I really felt kind of calm on the seven iron because, quite frankly, I was hoping to get part of a playoff. So it wasn't like, you know, I had to hit this shot. It was going to be an outside chance that I got part of a playoff. So when I justify my shot, with those comments, I don't think I succumbed to it. I just, I just didn't hit a good shot. It wasn't a terrible shot. It was just one that wasn't hit perfectly. But anyway, it wasn't like when I think about, in fact, we were having this conversation not long ago. When you talk about pressure, I think about when Ogilvy won at Wingfoot and the way the players finished the last four of half holes there, there was a lot of bad play that particular U.S. Open. And one in particular, and I, I don't mean to pick him out because I love him and I love his game, is Colin Montgomery. The seven iron he hit on the last hole was horrific. Why did he do that? What was the common denominator? The last hole pressure of the U.S. Open. So did I succumb to it? I don't think so. But who knows? Well, that's. I think a lot of times, a lot of people in you know TV or whatever want to hear a reason why something happened at at the end of a golf tournament. And is it fair to say that sometimes it's just like there's not necessarily a reason that happened. Like that's just what happened. I didn't, you know, I didn't choke or I didn't, you know, rise to the occasion necessarily. It just didn't work out. Does that make sense? Kind of what I'm getting at. No, it makes entire sense. And I'll carry it a little step further as a TV analyst. My job is to not to say he screw up my, or hit a bad shot. My job is to try to explain why he didn't hit a good shot. And sometimes, and I've said it many times on air, is that there's no reason why he hit that shot right there. You know, you're playing under a dome. There's no wind. The line's perfect. Pin in the middle of the green. Uh, sometimes you just screw up. All right? We're not robots. We make it look easy. Tiger Woods makes it look easy, just like Michael Jordan made it look easy, or Wayne Gretzky, or LeBron, or anybody else that are superstars. But it's not. And we do screw up. And there's a lot of moving parts in the golf swing. And I've said it. I'm, I'm, sometimes there's just not a reason. 
Okay. Now, if it's the last hole with a pretty simple shot and all the pressures on the line, there's the reason he might not have hit a good shot pressure. The situation is he used to it? Has he been in this situation enough times to be comfortable here? You're never really, really comfortable, but you embrace it because the top player, when the pressure's on, hits incredible shots. Once in a while, we'll hit a bad shot, but that's when the top player, the talented player, will do things beyond even he could think of, okay? The lesser player will never hit that shot. He might survive, but he'll never pull off the incredible shot that we'll see so many times at the end of the tournament. Jordan Spieth holing out on the last hole at Hartford a couple of years ago. The normal guy, the average guy on tour, is never going to hit that shot. But Jordan Spieth has that ability to pull off on the big stage. He made the 30-footer at St. Andrews to pull within uh, one or two of the lead on that Sunday. I just remember that putt because nobody else is going to do that. So I'm getting long-winded, but the great player will hit that incredible shot to just say, Gary Woodland, 17 green last year, Pebble Beach, Sunday afternoon, the pitch off the green. Are you kidding me? The three would he hit at 14. These these players are so damn good and they make it look easy, but it's not, especially late on Sunday afternoon. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? It does. To no, it it totally does. And I, Sometimes I can't put it into words. How God damn, I'm I'm gonna try. I'm out of the golf. I'm gonna try this one while I have to. You know, you know one of these things, and you pour it off and you say, you know, and what that does that gives you confidence to do it again. You know, the next time you're in that situation. Yeah, that's kind of that's bringing together kind of everything I was trying to get at there, which you know, you'd after having passed that test twice, having won the U.S. Open, it's it's like how does that if it doesn't happen for you the next time you're in contention, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, and that's where I find it hard sometimes to make sense of some of the things we see. Whereas sometimes it's just like, hey, the numbers didn't work out here for you, and it it it, it does. I think the collapses and stuff that you see are pretty obvious that. Pressure has gotten to someone. I mean, what you're talking about with Montgomery, I don't think that's random happenstance. I feel like if you win a major, you're almost uh, people. I don't want to generalize it here, but it seems like a big monkey off your back, and you're into this category, and you know you're almost in a safe place, having at least won a major. I'm curious, and this might be very convenient for you, having won two of them. But how do you view and compare like multiple? major winners compared to people that have maybe just won once because i look at careers like rose dj jason day and i'm kind of looking at them like wow only one for all those other wins you guys have is i don't want to say damning but it's it's like i feel like they get a pass for that almost there's so many different ways to look at it i i don't think there's been very very few major winners who were surprising okay Somewhere back in the background, they've been pretty damn good players. You don't win a major through smoke and mirrors. We can name two or three, but there's always the exceptions. Heard Peter Alice explain this one time years ago. We put so much emphasis on four weeks a year, the four majors. And in Colin Montgomery's case, this man won eight order of merits in Europe. You know, that's, that's, that's unheard of. World-class player, never won a major. Do I think any less of his game? I don't because I've been involved in it for so long. Now, some people 
casual viewers, maybe some press, maybe some fans will think less of him because he never took that next step. Well, who, what is the next step? One of those four weeks a year? I get the argument, and I, I just don't get the argument that your entire life is going to be dictated on if you want to major or not. They're very, very important, and if you've had the chance to win one or 18, you did a hell of a job. But it's amped up. It's not a tour event. Everything is bigger, more magnified, more pressure, the whole thing to win a major. And if you're lucky enough to play well, you know, one or two or three times in majors, good on you. But most of those players had a chance and they failed for some reason. And only they will know. Only they will know. And I don't want to speculate on on their do they have the guts? Do they have this? Do they have that? Some did and just didn't win. You know, look at Lee Westwood. Uh, my gosh, you talk about a now, did he win a gazillion tournaments? He did in Europe, but not in the States. But let me tell you something. I played with him a lot. I mean, there's names out there that you say, Justin Rose, I think, has the ability to win more and more. But Willie, I don't know. It's just you have to have an incredible drive to keep pushing. And I think it gets kind of reduced down to platitudes in general media speak is kind of why I wanted to try to dig at that right i mean to exactly what you said i don't i for somebody that you know has been through the ringer like you have to view colin montgomery that way is exactly the kind of perspective i'm looking for on that is like yeah you know obviously it's it wasn't because of a lack of talent that he didn't win them they're i don't know trying to dig at that reasoning and you know obviously the the, the jack nichols quotes about knowing he had so many more people beat at majors because of how they psyched themselves out is what people turn to but there does just seem to be this Kepka dude that just keeps like, you know, can lull you to sleep all year long and then show up for these things. And I, I'd be surprised even with the, the poor year he's having, if he doesn't, you know, absolutely bring the heat this, uh, this coming week. So with that in mind, with anything in mind, I know it led you down the, uh, the leading way with Bryson question, but what is your pick? I'm locking you in. You got to take one winner for this week. Oh gosh, gosh, gosh. You got to look at somebody's resume career and you got to look at who's, who's actually in current form. Who's in kind of like John Rom? All right. I could see that. I like John Rom. He, he's doing what we have predicted he would do for the last four or five years. He's long. He's talented. He's got a mean streak in him, which is a compliment. He's learning each day as he plays how to handle all that. And uh, I think he's hitting his stride right now. I think he's some player. I really do. All right. Well, I'm still sticking with Bryson, but uh, I, 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 can, <laughs> Bryson I can get down. Bryson Okay. All right. Well, well, we'll lock you in for that one here as well. So you're going for the uh, two picks in one there. I like it. So Curtis, <laughs> thanks so much. Thanks for the time. Uh, best of luck broadcasting from home. I'm interested to see all of this, and uh, we're ready for some major championship golf. Yes, we are. Thanks for having me, Chris. Anytime. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect anything.